My name is Rachel White, and people call me the Skeptical Shaman. They say it like it's a contradiction, but it's not. For more than a decade, I've been researching and building tools for the spiritually homeless. You know, the curious but critical thinking people that, like me, have had a tough time navigating a landscape of gurus and grifters and crystal heavy people, searching for a way to fill what Neil Gaiman called that God-shaped hole, all while, of course, not getting taken. As the host of the Skeptical Shaman podcast, I want to help us all develop a map of this confusing terrain. I'm going to talk to everybody, the curious, the skeptical, the cynical, and yes, even the true believers. Together, we can safely explore the world of Wu and get closer to some meaningful existential truths. This is The Skeptical Shaman. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of The Skeptical Shaman Podcast. I am thrilled to have the queen of shady shit, Casey Balsham, on joining me today. But I also have to say that we're both very happy that this is audio only. So I don't (laughs) want to hear any shit from anyone moving forward about how there's no video because this would have never happened today. I had a hilarious histrionic close call that wasn't a thing with my dog who pretended that he suddenly had no spinal fluid right before this started. And you have a new baby. You've gotten uh-huh. out of the shower, but uh-huh. we're making this happen. Yes, so literally Casey, in my said, house dress. Give, yeah, <laughs> no introduce bra. yourself in your work. You're a hilarious comedian. I like to use that antiquated term for female comedians. Um, what else are you up to? And tell us a little bit about your love for shady shit. Which we yes. Uh, well, so nice to see you. So happy to be on your podcast. I'm glad you are doing one because I think like you just have fascinating shit to say. Um, I... Uh, you were on my podcast, Shady Shit. I just, I like all things that are just a little twisted, a little weird, a little, why did they do that? Uh, anywhere from true crime to scams to ghost stories to just, just anything that's kind of wild and weird and out there. Um, I just, I, I, I just, I love, I had been doing the podcast Shady Shit where I explored all this stuff. Um, and then I was also doing this true crime Snapchat thing. And I think as I had a daughter though, um, I kind of started as I kept doing true crime. I was like, wow, a lot of, um, a lot of children, and a lot of women uh, get murdered. And I kind of started to shy away from that stuff. So I, I so I still have such an yeah. interest in shady stuff, but I think I'm going to go more towards the scamming and towards the yes. other stuff that doesn't always involve, um, people getting all the way murdered. So, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I love to... all that stuff. I have to regularly pump the brakes because it's a it's right. a weird accident that I didn't anticipate. Like as you study shamanism, you'll touch on other things, like other things in the mystical, occult, spiritual space. And I am not exaggerating this. It's a running joke in this house that every time I start going down any rabbit hole, what I find at the end of it is the abuse of women and children, mm-hmm. Nazism and pedophilia and it's black bizarre. magic. It's, it's- Every mm-hmm. rock I pick up, that's what's underneath it. And so now I'm a crazy person at dinner parties because they'll be like, you want to know something about the Nazis? Like, I'll tell you, you're not going to believe it. <laughs> like the fact that L. Ron Hubbard, who, for those listening who don't know, created Scientology, mm-hmm. Dianetics, et cetera, et cetera. With no ending in sight. I mean, he just fully made up an ending to the religion. Yes, completely. Yes. Well, he was a science, a prolific science fiction writer before right. this. Yeah. But fun Which fact, they worship lived- an alien. <laughs> in a house yeah lamb totally 
lived in a house with Jack Parsons in Pasadena. Jack Parsons and him practiced Thelema, which was devil worshiper Aleister Crowley's black magic religion, where they were conjuring elementals. They were trying to bring about the end of the world through this like Antichrist Babylon ritual, which if you YouTube it, they filmed it. You can find their satanic rituals filmed on YouTube. So this was one of those rabbit holes for me. And Jack Parsons invented what we know as the modern jet propulsion engine. He was a military contractor involved in military intelligence, all this shit. And then L. Ron Hubbard comes out with Scientology. And his son, you know, L. Ron Hubbard Jr. at this big public hearing in Clearwater, which is where, trust me, if you've ever been to Clearwater, Florida, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a Scientologist. It, yeah, I was about to say, Florida, it, it makes all the sense that the that the main <laughs> thing is is in Florida. That's where uh, all the Florida crazies are. <laughs> Full stop. But in the hearing, they asked him, the son, is there any part of Scientology that actually works? And he goes, the only part of Scientology that works is the black magic. Yikes! How do you want to know and unring these belts? It's wild out there. It, it's it's wild that there's still so many, um, you know, big names attached to this religion too that are yes. just fully living and dying. When it's like if somebody's going to ask you to that you can't talk to people if they disagree with you essentially yep. or don't share a belief, like you have to be like, this is not, this doesn't feel very religious to me. Like, I mean. It's seemingly though all religion has kind of gotten to this weird point where like if you don't believe what I what I do then yeah. you're an evil bad person when it's all like so antiquated and so old but like Scientology specifically and how people get threatened and people the get policy on suppressives someone's a suppressive yeah. person you can't have any contact with them um, what yeah. anyway so you're I'm sure familiar because it's very shady with the Danny Masterson rape trial he's a Scientologist uh huh mm-hmm. yes so he is deep in there. The victims, the female victims, and he's been uh, convicted and sentenced to 30 years. So yes. just so everybody knows, I'm not making allegations out of pocket. This is all now fact. Yes. All the victims were Scientologists. All of their families have cut them off for being suppressives, for going to the police because they are victims of rape. Mm -hmm. And they went to everybody like in the church, too, who basically said, you're not allowed to say that word. Yeah. And it's also just like... It's like, don't they know at a certain point that, like, all of this stuff is going to get uncovered? Like, why take the side of him? Do you know what I mean? Like, so, it seems easier to just kind of say, hey, dude, yeah. you're out, than to allow these things to build up that they know. Like, at this point, the jig is up, Scientology. Like, there's so many people talking about it and, like, exposing yeah. it, and they still choose to do these things. It's bizarre so to me. I have two thoughts on that. One is, you know, thank God Leah Remini is suing them and because they played dirty. They also poisoned. So all these rape victims and survivors yeah. and whistleblowers, their domestic pets, their dogs and cats were poisoned by Scientologists, by the way. So like it just they harass you. They sue vexatious litigation. They sue you into the dirt. They they ruin your life. They bankrupt you. They you know, th that's why more people don't stand up to them. And I think they're so used to that flex working. But it's mm -hmm. not going to work anymore. Leah Remini has filed some really interesting lawsuits. They may lose their tax. Um, their tax break? Yeah, tax-exempt status as a religion, which would ruin the church. Because all they spend their money on is lawsuits well, and security. Crossed. And people going through people's fucking garbage. I mean, really, that's what it's they spend insane. their money on. I know. And like spying on people, it's just yeah. insane. They call them the squirrel busters. I love, I mean, Scientology fascinates me. 
just because of oh, yeah. the Alistair Crowley. All of it fascinates me. But I had my mind blown the other day. I was listening to A Little Bit Culty. Okay. And they had a gentleman on it. It's an old episode that I must have missed, who was a Scientology survivor. And he wrote a book called A Piece of Clear Blue Sky about Scientology because literally it is a quote from L. Ron Hubbard who gestured to the sky and said, you see that big blue sky up there? We're going to sell people a piece of it. Wild. It's like he, he said knew. the quiet part out loud. Yes. He's like, uh, we're going to make people believe we have something that they can get to. by Something you can never measure. No. That's infinite, that we come on. It's like, you remember when people go to national parks, they get a can of air from sure. Yosemite or something. I'm like, I would go to the rest. I'm like, you bought that. That's hilarious. There's air anyway. But I think they get narcissists and narcissistic abusers who are always the heads of cults. They're these hilarious life coaches that give you ascension. You know, all this shit is all the same. All the same. All, all of it. All of it is under the guise. Cause, and this comes from somebody. And I think I told you that I had done Landmark. Which you is, did I mention that. I forgot that. I did Landmark. High which control is group. Borderline culty. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it's all under the guise of like, here, the, here's a blueprint for a better life. Here's a blueprint for like, you're going to release, uh, you know, you're going to do the things you want to do and you're going to release negative, like all these things. And like, they we're going to large gonna... group awareness trainings is the term for them. Yeah, because you have to yeah. all keep each other accountable. It's like we had weekly phone calls of like, did you accomplish what you set to accomplish this week? Like, did you write that thing you were going to write? Did you do this? Like, it was all these things that basically, I, I mean, and, and, and doing this weekend was when I did like the initial weekend, it was fascinating. It was like in three yeah. days, people were calling parents they hadn't talked to in fucking 30 years, you know? So you're like, whoa, you know, like you feel very moved. I was writing letters to people. I was calling people being like, yeah. I'm sorry if I ever hurt you. And it looks like, and you're just like, what? It's very, very strange what happened. So it's like, as somebody who's like kind of had, who dipped my toe in it, it is, it's, it's, um, they're all under that same guise of like, this yes. is a better life for you. And Unless how we ask you exposed. to fuck the leader. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And that always ends up happening. But I think going back to your question, which is the best question, like, why do they think they can get away with it? I just always think of Keith Ranieri and Nexium. Uh, and uh -huh. the answer in his case, and in I think all their cases, if you extrapolate that out, is you get away with it for four or five decades. So and long. You're you so long. You're in the clear. You think it's done. You don't. It, and this is where narcissists and covert narcissists, malignant narcissists, they have a massive blind spot because they get into these like just systems and they have these tricks that they they're like on autopilot. They just do the thing because the thing yeah. always works. Yeah. So they never see trouble coming. They never think it's actually going to happen. No, because also there's like new people that they're just kind of. Yeah like brainwashing over it's like they just get the same group of people so some people like age out and then they get a whole new crop of people you know but you're right they are able to do it for so long. i mean and if you i mean look at how, how long scientology has been around for mm -hmm. you know it's like when you when you get away with it for so long you start to feel a bit untouchable which i think also is that narcissistic mentality mm -hmm. of like i'm i'm great like there's no way because i'm great and everything I do bring is it down to the world. <laughs> I think is when they figure out where Shelly Miscavige is. Because she hasn't been seen for almost, what, 15 years? The leader's wife has yes. disappeared off the planet. And they refuse to talk about it. Yeah. 
It's, and Leah Remney was calling the police and saying, can you do a quality of life check or whatever? And they, you know, and then they discovered that like half of the LAPD gets paid off by Scientology. Well, like, that's how they do it too, scandal. right? Yeah. I mean, that's all part of it. It's like everybody's in on this thing where you're like, where it leads the person questioning it to feel fucking crazy. It's like gaslighting to such an extent Mm-hmm. To be like, wait a second. No, I can't even. The cops aren't even going to do their job because they're getting a little chunk of this. It's yeah. it's crazy. It is crazy. Anyway, um, I'm going to be uh, uh, take my personality quiz and find out if you're a comedian. <laughs> I love it. I love <laughs> it for so another, another brand of crazy. Anyway, comedians are nuts See, anyway. Um, we need comedians. We need people like you. And here's and it it has a lot to do with these narcissists and these coercive control systems because comedians' job is to call out power, malignant power. True. And to do it in a way that would otherwise be unpalatable. Like there's this great, I think it's Thomas Moore quote that C.S. Lewis put at the beginning of Screwtape Letters, which is that proud spirit, the devil cannot bear to be mocked. Mm. Yeah. And the most famous exorcist, actually like the Pope's exorcist, they made a weird movie about him starring Russell Crowe. He looked nothing like Russell Crowe. Like this <laughs> guy's about Russell Crowe in a musical. He's just been yes. miscast a few times. A few times. But a few this times. guy was literally the Vatican's chief exorcist for years. I've read his books. And his big thing was like, he's like, you got to tell jokes. You got to make fun because you'll find the demons don't have a sense of humor and they get really wound up. And if you look at cult behavior, they never laugh yeah. at themselves. David Miscavige, can you imagine like busting his balls or roasting him? What the reaction would be for being in charge of the alien people? Yeah, it's like it, it, they real truly <laughs> like it's like you don't see what you're doing. Like it's they said they said there's no top like they made up there. There's no ex- top level. Like yeah. there's nothing more like they had to make up something for you so that because people were like kept going, kept going, kept going. And it's just like, yeah, but if you were to be like, you know that this is this is all bullshit, right? It's like they yeah. take it so, so very seriously. It's it's well in the leader of Scientology, David Miscavige, he wears like those fake military outfits that they've made. Like the Sea mm. Org is like the military branch and he has like like he's a colonel in the army or something he has like all oh, these yeah. badges and shit that he wears on stage and they're all just like they have nothing to do with anything it's, it's like they're hilarious. like brownie patches it's like this one's for selling the most yeah. <laughs> selling the most souls but it's also like the sea org like you have to know that when you set something of like a life thing of a billion years like that's just yeah. it's hilarious to be like you're part of this for a billion years like you you don't see how hilarious that is that you're setting this for an unattainable like it just the whole I thing think is ridiculous. Mike Rinder, because he was their head of security. He's now obviously a whistleblower. He's, he's on the call. Leah's but side. I think yeah. The name of his book is A Billion Years or something. Is about, it? I I want to say that, or he did something called that, where he's calling out because he was a kid raised at Scientology. Right. He didn't know anything else. He's like, yeah, okay, and just the idea of like how that it's a very Faustian, literally a Faustian yeah. argument where you're kind of selling your soul. You are in yeah. writing, whether you believe yeah. that or not, for all intents and purposes, it's the same. Yeah, it's it's something I have no interest, <laughs> no interest in. It's something yeah. that I can't believe anybody can reconcile because these things that they were doing with them like this. Oh, then you have to scrub the bathroom with a toothbrush and we're not going to feed you and we're going to give you 30 cents. And are you ready to sign up for this for the rest of your life? If somebody were presented that to me, I'd be like. Are you out of your goddamn mind? You know, it's just it's wild that people see these that that they're so like 
it just shows you that you can do anything with confidence, right? Like if I like these people are confidently asking people yeah. to do these things, like there's nothing wrong with them. Again, it's like this gaslighting where it's like you think that this is weird. We've all done it. We all like you're not yeah. special. Everybody cleans the floor with toothbrushes for seven hours a day, and you'd be like, "Oh, I guess that's true." Like it's bizarre. And this what is they how can you become you an operating thetan level. By the way, too, people you, the word you just said, confidence. People don't realize that's the origin of the word con man. Is it? It's man. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Listen. You say something confidently enough, which brings me to the world of of woo and and Instagram yes. and. People who it's it's now has a term, which is covert narcissism, which yeah. is these people who wrap themselves in virtue and often display themselves as a victim or someone who's yes. suffering yes. as and but they are for all intents and purposes, narcissists. People, um, I think, see a very flattened version of narcissists and they think they're overtly evil. They're harsh. They're whatever. But really, they're sweet. They know what to say. They know how to disarm you. Yeah. And. There's an animal corollary to this that I always tell people to Google, and it's a bird called a kill deer. It's a weird name. And one day when I was living in Chicago, I saw like a whole city park filled with these birds that acted like they had broken wings, crippled looking. And I, I panicked and called my ex. I go, what do you do? I saw like, he goes, no, 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 yeah. they're called kill deers. And they do that to distract predatory birds from their nests in mass. So they pretend really? to be injured as a strategy. It's fascinating. I mean, and the chair is wild. And with Instagram and all the like, the life coaches, the woo people, this, you know, using their their victimhood, feigned or real, as a commodity or currency, number one, big red flag. Mm -hmm. So someone who really wants to talk to you all of a sudden about their eating disorder that they had 20 years ago while filming themselves in a bikini, which is a literal example of something. And it's because I happen to know, because I listen to people, that her business isn't doing well. And so it's this thirsty grab it's cynical yeah whatever may or may not be true in that there's some pushing to convert to money or some nonsense yeah and you and i talked about this before we started recording the best example of this and it's the best podcast i've heard in a long time yeah is scamanda scamanda is great and also like uh i don't want to talk about that but i also want to say like I think I think you know when I think of the word narcissism too which is which is so funny because it is it's 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 very layered and it's and yeah. it's all these different things of 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 you know like we're going to talk about scamanda but I it's like it's one of those things where I think in our minds you think of a narcissist and for some reason like it's painted of somebody who like looks in the mirror all the time yeah. or who is like who American is American like, psycho who's like obsessed yeah. with their looks and things like that and it's so not that but it's like it's weird that somehow there's like we're conditioned to kind of be like, oh, a narcissist is somebody who just talks about themselves all the time, which, right. yes, is that. But also in a way that gets you to have an emo like it's like I always call it like a false sense of closeness sometimes. Like, you know, you've oh, yeah. ever been in a relationship with somebody and immediately Overly familiar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I which I'm not like, you know, you know, when you're connecting with somebody and you know when somebody is dumping. So like mm -hmm. there's people that like I've connected with right away and it's like, oh, this is just like we just get each other. But then there's other people like and I and I feel like this a lot uh, in my younger relationships where a guy would like tell me about his mom and how she was sick. Mm -hmm. And it's like then then I'm now attached to you, but you don't give a fuck about me. But I was you dump. You know what I mean? Like it just becomes yeah. this thing where you think that something's more because somebody uses you as this like emotional outlet. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and in the case of 
Keith Ranieri, and by the way, R. Kelly and some of the more malignant all ones, they were all universally described as excellent listeners in the beginning. <laughs> so they excellent. talked about you. They asked you questions because number one, they're fucking studying you. They're researching you. They, they want to find out where your pain So they are. know exactly what to use against you to get and you. And they disarm you with love bombing. Yep. And then the victim thing, you know, R. Kelly told all of his victims that he was molested as a child. Yeah. Which was true, but also right. he knew that if someone else had ever been a victim, they would share it in that moment. There would be trauma bonding that would occur. Yep. yep. Like they know exactly what they're doing. And narcissism, what it really is, is less about physical appearances. That's a narcissistic trait. It's more right. about being very self-oriented and the best way I've ever seen it described was in there's a television show called Legion. And it's a comic book thing with psychic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a scene narrated by John Hamm, right? And it's these people on the internet. And it was a version like a riff on Plato's cave as an allegory. And it was yeah. to the narcissist. They're the only one who's real. Everyone else, they're just shadow people. They're non-player characters. So whatever <laughs> they're feeling, it doesn't matter to them because their only orientation is to themselves. Yeah, man. This is so, it, it, it's wild how different the forms it can come in. Um, I mean, if you listen to Trump, who, in my opinion, is narcissistic, I can't, I'm not a therapist, I can't diagnose anybody. <laughs> I mean, he yes, talks he a is. lot about himself and what he did well, but he'll also talk about what a victim he is. Oh, they're all after him. Everybody, Everybody's after him. He's he's done nothing wrong. There's not a yes. single thing that he's done wrong. Uh, I mean, 100%. Um so the lady in the office who seems nice and sweet and submissive, but she's always the martyr. She's always the victim. Mm -hmm. She's always like, yeah, and you know, I just got passed over and they're not fair. And da -da -da. It could be covert narcissism. It right. disguises itself in a in a mask of suffering and, and victim status because they yep. know that that'll disarm you. Absolutely. So they can get what they want, which is. Scamanda, which Scamanda. you were, so you were telling me, and I'd heard about the podcast, but when we were emailing and you were like, I'm obsessed with it. And I was like, you know what, let me, and I actually had just done this. I'd done a whole, I did a little Snapchat episode about people that fake cancer. Cause if you don't know about Scamanda, that, that is, it's about this girl who Ooh. bottom line, she, she fakes cancer. Um, and, uh, I had just done a bunch of research cause what's wild is how many people and how many people like good looking young women who do it who go to these lengths to take pictures of themselves with fucking taped up things on them to be like Egg ports and ivy drips and then use like and... scotch this one girl will use like scotch tape and put a port somewhere and someone was <laughs> like that's not even medical tape like the way that they do this they get they 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 go so far as they're in like cancer magazines they do mm -hmm. interviews um and before we get more, just, I do have to say one of my favorite things is before I started Scamanda, I started reading the reviews and it was like all these people that were like, great podcast could have been two episodes shorter. Great podcast. They repeat a lot of things. I'm like, what are you doing that you don't have time to listen to six episodes? It's like, what's going on? Like, I want things to last a long time. I have right. nothing well, left to do. A <laughs> nonlinear. That ends 20 episodes. <laughs> Yeah, it was nonlinear storytelling where, like The Vow on HBO, which I thought the first season was masterful. Right. There is a little bit of repeating or, or going back through something, but with now new data, like going to a deeper level of yeah. the right? Yeah. Like, I like that strip tease of things like, oh, it's weird. 
Yeah. But also yeah. it's like you have time. Like yeah. you're going to blow through a podcast so you can get to another one. I'm like, why are you so like, I'm, I love a podcast that's more than four episodes long. Me so too. That just, that just made me laugh. So I'm actually, I'm, and, and as I'm listening to it, I'm like, this is, I, I'm loving it. I'm I wanted more. I, I know. Different crazy women. I'm I know. Seasons two through five immediately. Like it's my, I don't have a, like an addiction issue with substances. I, I really, though, like if I'm in love with a podcast or a book and it ends, I'm like, I'm bereft. Yes. There's a void now. I yes. want more. And it's, it. it's so deeply interesting. And I think I mentioned you, I went to Dandue here to eat a cheeseburger one night and I'm friendly with everybody who works there. And my husband right. go there a lot. I'm like, hey, Rachel, how's your day? I'm like, I don't have time for this. I'm listening I'm, to Scamanda. I'm on a date. I've never <laughs> been more enthralled. And it's because of... What the allegory of that story is for me as someone in, you know, this space of toxic positivity and spiritual bypassing and like, right. Oh, and all this fake fawning and like, you know, let's braid each other's hair kind of thing. And oh my God, and hashtag to support someone's hashtag team Amanda. <laughs> and what struck me about it, and I do want to talk about the details, is yes. she's obviously mentally ill. She has a personality disorder, maybe mm -hmm. even psychopathic, sociopathic tendencies, truly, mm -hmm. because her own small children thought she had cancer yeah. and terminal cancer. And that's yeah. unbelievably cruel. It's one thing to do it to strangers. That's also bad. But to your own children, there's something very broken in there. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that struck me was the soft narcissism or narcissistic tendencies and the people who went to bat to support her because it made them feel look virtuous oh yeah religiously oh um, yeah socially church. yes mm -hmm. the, her narcissism connects with the latent narcissism and others and that's what gets that umbilical cord back and forth going yeah. and people sometimes think i'm a bitch because i'm like okay well i wish them well <laughs> you know that very east coast like i wish her well remember right. when trump Ghislaine maxwell got arrested he's like i wish her well I wish her well Yep. But yep. it's because I don't know that person. I don't want to pretend to know them. It's an odd thing in our current culture with social media to act like you have a bleeding heart for everyone you've never met. It's weird. It's a finite resource. I don't have it for everybody. And so I felt a small, I have to tell you, passive aggressive victory in like a, I could have told you. And this right. is why I don't get into this with people unless I know right. them personally. I don't get on the bandwagon. I don't wear it as my own banner. I don't right. do a ticker tape parade about I'm supporting something that I don't know anything about for a reason. Right. And it makes sense. And there's so much now. Uh, there's so much now to do that with. You know what yes. I mean? Like there's so much. Um, and I my thing is like I I don't like and just like you see all the shit that's going on and you're like, this is wrong. Like with the with the Roe v. Wade stuff and all oh, this yeah. police brutality and shit like that and things like that. And it's like I want it's like it's I, I i feel so torn sometimes because i will i will share stuff but i also like i get hesitant to do things that i'm like am i helping is money going to this person or is it going to some organization that is going to take most of it and buy this family a fucking lunch like am i doing that's why like when i um I, uh, you know, I lived in Maui for a couple of years. It was just devastated. So I have a personal connection. Sure. And there was a what I think I can't believe doesn't normally get done. But there was a Google spreadsheet 
of the family's GoFundMe's. I was like, yeah, oh, this is going directly. This 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 is something where it's like, oh, this goes directly to this is not going to some bigger a uh, Red Cross thing that I don't know where the fuck anything is happening here. And I and 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 that was like, okay, this this feels like a good thing to be part of. But like there is there is so much of like there's there's so much virtue virtue is it virtue signaling it is, is that right? yep. it is the purest form of there, virtue signaling. there there's a there's a lot of that and i think yeah in this particular case too she was part of they said like one of the biggest churches in san jose so it's yeah. like we're not we know that churches run on money as well so it's and like the oh church loved her because everyone showed up to hear her speak yep so then the they church got, got money. more money and then the church got also like when Amanda was getting mm-hmm. interviewed and was getting these stories written about they her. Got a little shine church, from it. Yeah. It's like they I got the feel, Scamanda glow up. The dude, church, church got the glow up. Churches are so fucking thirsty and it's so yeah. transparent. Like churches are the most thirsty organizations that there are. So they the deep question they. is, did they maybe know? Did some people maybe notice some things? But now they're they all have skin in the game. They're all benefiting. Like, who's using who? Right? Well, this, exactly. And, like, as I've done a lot of, like, research, a lot of cases of, of people that kind of get involved with these people, it it becomes this kind of, like, these, these um, who, like, uh, like parents or, or, or women or people that are attached to these people that are doing something awful – it gets to the point where they. Oh, I think I. I think it was. I was doing a, a case on this man who kept scamming people, yeah. and how he had a wife for like thirty years. And I think like her thing was like I just couldn't believe I had to tell myself that he wasn't lying, because otherwise I would have been distraught that I had been with him for thirty years. So I think at and a benefited. certain. Yeah, I think at a certain point, in order to not feel like uh stupid i guess is the only word i could to not feel dumb you yeah. have to kind of go uh, no i believe this full hearted wholehearted or give them the lifestyle that you want you don't mm-hmm. want to see that all crumble when you brought up roe v wade by the way i have to tell you you there's a very specific case here that i got i you know i entered the danger zone in terms of calling people out publicly about something Did you know yeah, and by the way, it's always a malignant narcissist that sues people when they're telling the truth. Like, just so you know. So, like, defamation lawsuits, they love lobbing those. That's like a cult favorite. Oh, yeah. You know, they're it's... absolutely guilty of the that thing they're saying. It yeah. doesn't matter. Of course. But when the Roe v. When Roe v. Wade was overturned and it went back to the States as a lifelong feminist, I was, I'm bothered by anything that involves the state involved in my medical decisions or my private life. It's, my sex life i don't you know i'm like what they call or used to call a liberal like you know <laughs> it's a radical position now but i knew these individuals that rachel i know <laughs> god damn it they had a weird amorphous coaching business that i could never cognitively land the plane on i would ask a lot i'd ask a lot of questions i would read and i'm like why don't i know what this is you know because yeah. i'm not like that slow i'm not a genius but like generally speaking i should be able to pick up on what you do for a living. And they came out with merch immediately. And I believe they had said something about patriarchy, which I know that both of these women funded their business through money from white men, cis men they were married to. Mm-hmm. So you've benefited directly from the patriarchy, but we're yeah. not acknowledging this mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there was something that felt cynical about it. So, you know, me, 
I we share this love of shady shit. I'm like, I'm going to pull on this thread and it's not going to go to good places. See, see what happened. You're picking up the rock. And I did. And I went to the website and it, it, they said uh, uh, this money goes to women oriented charities. And it was very vague. And I'm like, it always is. It should go to something. And so I logged in and I looked around. And I was like, there's, I can't see the charity. And then it said something else. So I posted publicly and I go, hey, what charity does this go to and what percentage? And they go, oh, you see the charity when you check out and it's going to be changing, like rotating, which is wild. Because I don't know, to your point, when any, and now we have a moving target, but it's also you can round up and we're talking cents. Yeah. To the merch was 30, 40 bucks. So you can round up and give this charity 20 cents. Yeah. They're making 95 to 98% profit. Yes. That's capitalism. Yes. So how much do you care about Roe v. Wade? It's disgusting. It's it absolutely disgusting. me up. I was so pissed. Did you say anything else to them? Of course I did. And then I got really terrified and I used block and I hid. I was like, oh my God, I've gone too far. Because it it just, it's not criminal, but... But it's disgusting. It's super misleading. They're yep. counting on people being distracted, being busy, and they are, worse than anything, commoditizing and exploiting people's genuine uh, anger and genuine desire to help others and make a change. And it's it would be better if you did nothing. It sucks that, that we have to look into these people that are seemingly good good deeds. That's why when when the Maui thing happened, there were so many things that were like, beware that there's going to be people trying to profit off of this. Like, beware of scam donation things. Like, the only things to donate to are directly to families or like this and that. Like, it, it was like, it just sucks that now if something happens, like, we are in a day and age where people can make a website. They can make a science thing. Like in Scamanda, she used this, um, this like generated, this like medical generated form that looked like a portal, yeah. like a My Health or whatever you get yeah. from the um, hospital, but that actually was something that anybody can fill out themselves yeah. and populate and make it look like they are on all these Medicaid. Like, it's wild that now with AI stuff and with tech yeah. stuff that you can make up a, uh, you can make up any kind of document that you need to make up in order to fool people. It's like, what are we doing? Like, what the amount of work she put into her scam impressed me. She, I'm not saying she impressed me, but no, she but went. She, for she it. fully, she fully, because it's like if you start throwing out medical terms, people aren't going to question you. Yeah. You know, like the fact well, that she would she, be so detailed. But that's also one of the things that I think is a red flag, right? It's like when totally. somebody goes into too much detail, you're like, what are you trying to prove here? So what are you trying to prove? I'm going to back up for a second. So Amanda of Scamanda. Yes. Babysat for two children when she was oh, younger. Yeah. And not only did she cuckold and take <laughs> the husband from the wife. <laughs> Cuckoo. But yes. she, one of those children had cancer. Had and cancer. So she absorbed like a sponge everything about that child's cancer, which tells you the the psychopathy involved to watch a child with cancer and then be like, this is you really interesting. Yeah. And I'm going to take notes because I'm going to copy this. Yeah. And that's where she got a lot of the baseline um, technical cancer medical know-how was from being in a house um, she, her job really was supposed to cheer up this kid with cancer because she could go yeah. out and play. Yeah. So she ends up taking, basically stealing her disease 
right? For all stealing her dad. Stealing her dad, (laughs) stealing her house, raising her sister as her own. Remember, I'm the bonus mom and all these Mm -hmm. terms. And I want to get into a little bit. I just wrote about this on Substack, the archetype of the devouring mother, Carl Jung. The idea of the the woman, the covert narcissist that presents Mm -hmm. in female energy more than male, that's like, you know, eating everybody's lunch kind of a thing. Everything is mine now. You're my child. Very hand that rocks the cradle shit going on. Right. And then because of all of that knowledge and research and everything, she also had a detailed blog. And that's how this um, investigative reporter took her apart because she had a friend who went through cancer or something and was like, this isn't the treatment and started to pull at the thread and look at it. And Scamanda sued her. Was it defamation? Mm-hmm. And then oh, I know. I think she got a restraining order against her yes, when it was like for harassment, saying she was stalking and harassing mm-hmm. her. She was just being a journalist yeah. investigating her. Yes. Yeah. No. All of it. It's like, and 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 a couple other cases that of that I researched about women that fake cancer. It's it's all the same. It's it's these it's pictures. It's it's photos from the hospital. It's all these things. It's yeah. I'm going to treatment and then you follow them. And I remember this one girl who kept saying I'm getting treatment and they finally started following her and she was like going to Target. It's like these things. It's it's uh, I just it's like at a certain point, like when you lie so much, you're going to get caught. I, I, I think it, mentally the mental gymnastics you have to keep to yeah. to to keep up a lie like that. Um but I was telling you before this, there was one lady who was a nurse who was saying that she had like stage five ovarian cancer. Again, she had children. So she was missing. Yeah. She was telling her children she was dying. She was missing all their events, but she was low key uh, a heroin addict. And she knew and like an opioid addict. So she knew that the way that she looked could be made like her addiction was she's just like, oh, I'm tired and I look like shit. So I'll just say I have cancer so I can just stay home and I can get out of things and do these things. Like it's it's wild. I mean, when they cut their hair and they oh, shave yeah. their heads and they do this whole thing, um, there was this other woman. Now, this is a nasty story. Have you um, uh, this author, Greg Olson, who writes books, but then he wrote the story called If You Tell. And it no. was it's like a story based on these kids uh, but it's a true story. So it's like he like tells their story while also talking about like what they went through. Anyway, their mom did terrible. Like their mom was awful. I just terrible. Found it. Yeah. The mom was like narcissist, like was the worst, would love bomb them, give them presents and then like hide the presents from them and then make mm. them like she just she did weird. They like, put trash in their bed. She made them pee in buckets. She made them eat drink salt. She like she basically tortured two people to death. She would kick like uh, it was terrible. But she was also one of those moms who also in this thing of like I'm the best mom had three kids was torturing them and then also yeah. was like I also have cancer and like would paint her face white would shave her head and her eyebrows so that because people... they know it will give them the sympathy that they can't get if everyone looks at them honestly and sees who they really are yeah yeah, yeah. this was one of the most disturbing books I ever read and the part of her faking cancer was the least disturbing thing in that entire book. You know, a news story just like this came out and it wasn't fake cancer, but do you know about this lady in Utah, the blogger, the famous YouTube Instagram (gasps) influencer? uh, The Ruby lady with the kids? Okay. Yes. Yes. I didn't know who she was before, but when her picture came out, and again, it's all these like, 
you look at them and it's just looking perfect looking little like lady like these little like white women that are like everything's good i mean if you look up pictures of scamanda so cute like this just little girl religious in all these cases because no one who's evil would be in love with jc like jc gets about jesus christ doesn't get to vote who says they're christian it's so it's all these fucking religious freaks and this woman Mm -hmm. who yeah was on youtube posting about but she had been like controversial i guess for a long time yeah because she she wanted to take her kids out of school for things like halloween or if they were playing a song that had a sexual intonation to it kind of a thing oh god and yeah i just i read about the thing where she her daughter was six and she uh and she put this all on youtube by the way so she was like i'm all out there and making sex. huge amounts of money, had a business partner, had a coaching business to teach you how to how to raise your kids, how to be a perfect mom. Which is insane because she had a six-year-old daughter that made her own lunch. Yeah. And one day she forgot her lunch. And I know this is just one of the most, this is like, the, I, I read like the Cliff's Notes thing. So I'm interested to hear if you know, but uh, daughter didn't make her own lunch, forgot her make her own lunch. The teacher called and the, and she was like, well sorry i guess she's gonna go hungry today i'm not gonna bring yeah. her lunch and the teacher was and she was like i know that's gonna make you uncomfortable but she has to learn she's six well she got caught because her son oh, escaped six. his handcuffs with duct tape. they were hand uh, duct tape excuse me in the basement being and starved mm-hmm. and he broke out and ran to the neighbor's house and called the cops and, and was she proposed. was wildly abusive and yeah. This is one of those areas, whether it's Scamanda or this this lady, this mom influencer or whatever. And in the world of Wu, I, I think I spot it earlier than other people because I grew up with, you know, female driven narcissism. Mm-hmm. And it's weird explaining to people like, no, that's that's a monster. She looks like a mom or hair is done. She's making lunch or whatever. That, there's a monster in there, though. We always a look monster. forward to men. In Strangers, the guy with the white windowless fan, there are these myths with us about who's going to hurt you, who's going to cause you financial harm, physical harm. And what I'm learning about this covert narcissism is, you know, Keith Ranieri was a man. your mom. Yeah. (laughs) And it's it's a lot of these people that have, you know, 50,000, 100,000 followers on Instagram. You, You don't know them. They know how to play you like a fiddle. Like psychologically, they are cap- They have many more um, options available to them because they mm-hmm. lack empathy. There is mm-hmm. something lacking in their basic humanity where we go, well, who would do that? Like, that's so weird to do that. And it's like, they don't have those problems. They don't have no. normal people no. stop gaps. So they no. do wild shit. And the other thing I would say is anyone who is very big on displaying their lifestyle, very big on that. Like, this is my watch. This is my car. This is my this. This is my that. There's, it's like, it's different from the religious thing, but it's. No, I, I always feel like, and, and you know, and I'm, and I'm so, on social media to, to promote comedy and stuff like that. And yeah. I, I will like do they, but like, there is that thing. And I've always thought this, and I, I see it more with like, you, know, you see these couples where it's like, they'll post a picture of being like, 
My love, my honey bun, my best thing, my best friend. I love you more than the world. The stars, the moon, you are everything. Let's get tattoos of each other's faces. And it's like, those are the couples that are doing the worst. I know Mm -hmm. some of these couples that are always posting outwardly about how much they love. They're sitting next to each other, not speaking. They're upset. Like, and it's just like, if you love him that much, just turn to him and tell him that. Why are we doing this? You know, Um, did you see the love surge video that went viral this past week? No. What was the love? One of these couples on TikTok and Instagram, they were like, we love each other so much. Sometimes we can't physically take it. So we do something called a love surge, or I might be, I might be screwing up. I'm so embarrassed already. Touch each other and they like, they move like they have electricity running through them. And it's the most cringe thing you've ever seen. And then of course, 12 hours later, she's posting video crying about how everybody's mean to her. And it's like, okay, number one, you're crazy. That's crazy. It's full on crazy what you posted. (laughs) And no one who's having sex with each other is love surging. Because you, if you feel that much love and it's physically overwhelming, just go bang it out like I, people do. That's <laughs> what that's for. And then expecting no one to have anything to say. And then using, then now we're in the victim thing. So now we're rapping, cloaking ourselves in the virtue of, I can't be a bad person. I can't be weird if I'm crying, right? I'm the victim. Yeah. Yeah. That's also it's wild. Yeah. That's why, like, I'm learning more as I'm older, um, those certain type of people that, where you can't um you can't say anything to them they they nothing they do they have a reason for everything that they do and it doesn't matter how it affects you because they had a reason behind it so therefore you shouldn't be affected and then when you are affected quoting real housewives when they're good well you know these are my this is these are my feelings. This is how I feel. And he he gets such a kick out of it because he's like, you can on the Real Housewives on Vanderpump Rules on any of these shows, you oh, can yeah. go up to someone and shoot them in the face with a handgun and be like, that's how I feel. And somehow everything's absolved because this is how you feel. It's a it's a whole new world because as, as I'm learning, you know, I am uh, uh, I just had a baby. I'm a new mother, and there's this whole thing, gentle parenting, which is which is a more feeling and emotional based way to parent, which is fair. It's like, I agree with a lot of it. Some of it's very extreme. It's obviously a harder way to parent because you, you, you're trying to not just be like, no, because I said so, which I think, I think when we were growing up, there was a lot of like, um, uh, do like just be seen and not heard as kids. Like kids were kind of raised to be obedient instead of being, um, I think autonomous is, is autonomous. I mean, yeah. you can have your own thing. Okay. I, they were raised to be obedient. So, and now we're trying to raise kids and trying to like address that these are when they're three and they do a tantrum, it's not because they fucking have control over it because they don't. So it's trying to be yeah. like trying to at least not punish a kid for being a kid a little bit essentially, which again is, yeah. is harder when a kid is on the ground screaming to try to have patience with that person. Yeah. Because they're assholes. But and their frontal like, lobe is still, it's until it, the cake mix. mix. It's just case, cake mix. It's not even in the oven yet. They you don't know what understand I mean? logic. Yeah. You can't be like, you can't reason with them. You also like, the whole thing too is that the punishment needs to fit the crime. So this whole, yeah. uh, this whole notion of like, you can't have dessert if you don't do this. It's like, well, this has nothing to do with dessert. So it's this whole thing. So, so it is, um, we are, there is a whole kind of influx with emotions and feelings and there's all these studies that say like we are the most therapized generation 
right now. So we are super fucking into that shit, which is like, it's like, I get like, I do think that sometimes we have to be objective and look at something and say, it's a... (laughs) Probably the baby just peeked their head in. Um, <laughs> they just saw a naked baby. Um, we do. There, there are some things that we have to kind of be like, all right. There do have to be hard boundaries. There's got to be some lines. Yeah. But I also like, or with feelings, we have to have a little bit self awareness to be like, okay, but that's not the, that's not actually. You're living in a fucking crazy land. Like it's and so also hard. your feelings aren't more important than my feelings. At a certain point in society, we go to yes. an objective fact. It's civilization. Where we have negotiated some of the social contracts, we still got to interact with people. We yes. you still you still got to, and again, this is you still got to yeah, not be this covert narcissism that thinks that what you're going through is more important than what this person's going through. Like we yeah. have to have, it's kind of like we have to have so much self awareness, but also like nurture ourselves, but yeah. also try try not to be assholes, but also take care of ourselves. Like it's like it's so kind of hard. Like it's such a oh. confusing thing because we're so aware of everything. Yes. But I do, there is a part of this gentle parenting thing that I relate to because I do think that the world that's happening now, there's just a lot more emotional hurdles in the world. Like there's an impending sense of doom that like our kids are going to grow up with that we didn't fucking have to, you know, there's between shootings, between not being able to go outside because of temperatures, because of fire air, because of all these different things, because that there's a fucking hurricane here. There's a storm here. Like people are just dying in mass quantities because of these things that we just didn't. I didn't know about that shit growing up. And now right. kids are doing shooter drills like we have to a little bit cater to their emotions more. But but as grownups, we need to be a little bit more self-aware. It too is just not it, it's. It's more of a Gabor Monte slash Buddhist thing is what I'm hearing you say, where it's like non-reactivity sometimes when you know there's no real cause and it's just a thing that happens. Just, yeah. is Because I had parents that paid no attention to me unless it was negative stimuli and it was a and, fucking meltdown. And, see, and, that's, so, and that's the thing. And they're saying like, yeah. if you only give your full attention to your kid when they're acting up, then that's what's going to happen, you know? Yeah, and so like, I microdose every day. It's taken uh, 20, 30 years to get back to parity. I don't know if I'm even quite there, but it's it's one of those reasons, too, where hilariously, I think one of the best things they ever did was sort of neglect me a little bit, like because they would react and get more involved with my siblings. I'm the oldest. I'm like, oh, my God, I got out lucky. See ya. Yeah. And, and I think it's part of why, you know, because I grew up and I would like look at adults very close to me who are supposed to be authority figures. And I was like, you're full of shit because you just said the opposite before this yeah. person walked in the room. Yeah. And I think it's the yeah. gift of me doing shamanism is I'll be like, someone approaches me and they're like, yeah, and this, that, and the other. I'm like, yeah, but why are you charging people money for that part? Like, I have a, have you encountered this because you have a podcast? I have a podcast. Yeah. I, mean, I want to talk about your podcast. Yeah. Thank God you're doing it because of the child abusers in the world giving everyone parenting advice. It's wild. I mean. It's like all the weirdos who hate each other giving relationship advice. But yeah. Um, I'm kind of the person where I see this stuff. Have you had this thing where they ask you to pay them to go on their podcast? No, but I've heard of this. I've heard that so, there are people that like want to be paid for it. And it's so like- So God bless Scout democratized her podcast database and I've been using it and I'm about to wrap up, but I reached out and this is the people like you have big, big podcasts. Like sometimes huge podcasts are like, cool, yeah, let's do it. Or hey, next year- 
and you'll find you're just emailing with the person. There's no team. There's no, there's no, what it's just people. You know, really, at the I have highest a hotmail. Levels. I have a yes. hotmail. I'm accessible. <laughs> so number one, just because there's a team or there's rigor around the process, by the way, it's probably a red flag, not a good thing. But one guy was like, that'll be $10,000 to not make it for me to be a guest on his podcast. Because he's oh, so you, important. You needed to pay to be on his podcast. Yes. I've never heard of it before. That's Because, you know, thing. I'm... When I pitch myself to podcasts, like Scout gave us access to the database. I'm like, this is a numbers game. I'm just in here. I'm just messing shit up. I'm sending emails. The last, and, but I looked him up. It's not a big pot. It's not the Joe Rogan experience. By the way, Joe Rogan doesn't charge anybody a dime to come on his podcast. But it's like, there's no reach. And it's, he set up a podcast to run a grift. I'm convinced of this. Of course. Who pays that? And maybe someone who's never done this before doesn't understand that that's not normal. Right. It's, it, it's an, who has $10,000 lying around for an hour of their time? Like, it's just it's fucking insane. What he's poking at is that latent pain and fear in people who are trying to launch a business and they go, oh, well, if he's charging this, it must mean he has a big audience. There must be some value. And it's that same thing that underwrites Landmark because the people, the network or Nexium, yep. or like if, it, oh, yeah, no, everybody's everybody's washing the bathroom with the toothbrush. Yeah. And you're like, no. I mean, like truly yeah. a part of Landmark now that you just said that you just triggered me to remember like half of the work there was that they want you to call and they want you to get all your friends and family to yeah. pay money to do it. Yeah. It's all, everything is a scam. But the irony of all of this is if you just do something well, you know, and like you focus on the the actual thing you're doing, like yeah. a totem, like I focus on the thing I do, the things I make, you will the find real the things. Yep then people will buy them and you will yes. pay your bills. Yeah. Like this self-cannibalizing. Yeah. What these people, these scammers, these confidence men and women don't realize is by needing to exploit in the short term, they're destroying their long-term real business viability. So then yeah. they have to get more and more and more people. And then it turns yeah. into a yeah. pyramid shaped. Yes. Very quickly. And they have no credibility. Yeah, just do do a thing. Go get a job. Be a mechanic. Be a plumber. Go just teach school. It's People fine. People need to work at the bank, man. Work at the bank. Yeah. We can't all have dreams. Oh, it's <laughs> it's very special out there. So you you're not doing shady shit anymore. No, I, mean, are... I, I might resurrect it, but it was just it got to be um, again like I was kind of operating solo, and then I got pregnant, and I was just kind of like I needed a little bit uh, of a break, um, and so I from started staring into hell every day uh, from looking at the fucking butthole of the world. Um, I uh, so I do a podcast called Never Not Tired with my friend Ari Finling and he's got a three year old daughter and we um, we just talk. Yeah. Parenting bullshit. And again, like these these fucking, you know, the new trends or what happens. Um, but also we just bullshit and gossip and uh, and it's been really fun. So and you know I'm, how I feel about comedy. I think comedy is divine. And because of you, I've gotten into Are You Garbage very deeply. Very aren't deeply. they great? Aren't they great? I love because I am garbage. That's what we you realize with the yes. podcast is everyone yes. is a garbage person. And I think that's yes. very funny. Humbling the opposite of covert narcissism. Yes. Right? Like it's making fun of yourself. Right. Um, but why don't you tell everybody, because you also do comedy comedy. You do it live. You do, do. it on stage. I you do. have dates coming up. Let's I, talk I it. do have dates. If you are anywhere on the West Coast in October, please come and hang out with me. On October 6th, I'll be at the Infinity Room in Salem, Oregon. On October 7th, I'll be at the Hereafter in Seattle. Um, October 18th, I will be at Mike Drop in San Diego. October 12th. 
wealth. I'm doing a little time on my friend Hannah Burner's show in San Francisco. Um, and I'm bringing my baby with me and uh, my dad to watch her. So we'll see how all that travel goes with a friggin' six month old. So it's going to be amazing. Yes. So come see me, yeah. follow me, uh, hang out with me on the internet. I really do think comedy is the cure. And I'm going to quote Doug Stanhope, which I don't do, do very often, by the way. But he, there's a bit of stand-up he did back in the day in England. You know, he's drinking. And he goes, you know, someone said to me, I can't make fun of that. Like something dark, something about a cult or a horrible crime or whatever. And he goes, do you hear yourself right now? I'm literally taking something dark, something awful, and I am making fun out of it. Like I'm turning this darkness into fun. That's for such you. a good point. Yeah. And just that simple wordsmithing. I think we, this is why we need comedy, why we need yeah. dialogue. Because to your point, the world's dark. I mean, Scamanda, man. And a lot of I'll people will never trust anybody. That, well, what a refresher on just what goes on inside of a locked room, you know, someone's <laughs> brain. It's yeah. dark and terrible. Yeah. And, but it to make fun of it and to make these kinds of, of jokes or shed light on it, laugh about it, be like, can you believe those sons of bitches trying that with the merch? It it's, gives us something that we need spiritually, which is catharsis. You Absolutely. need to transmute we the shit break. sandwich into gold. We need a break. We need a break and we need comedians to help us with that. And just, you know, to, to that end, I'm going to see the Tinfoil Hat podcast live soon. And oh, I've never fun. listened to it, but it's Sam Tripoli and Eddie Bravo. And it's going to be oh, I know Sam. weird. Sam has, gone, as, Sam has gone off the deep end, but he's still a fun guy. You know, be fun. I heard I heard <laughs> Theo Vaughn describe Eddie Bravo this way, but I would describe Sam Tripoli this way as a yeah. deaf Jack Russell Terrier. You open oh, the yeah. car door and he takes off. You're not getting him back in that car. No, 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 no. He's no, gone no. now. No, Sam is a uh, Sam I've known for a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes, he's, he's. I like characters. I don't even agree with any of it, but it's a show. It's gonna be. It's go see funny. a show. It's weird. That's and that. You know what? You just nailed the then the the nail on the head. You don't have to agree with it to understand that it's a show. You can go see a show that you don't agree with without having to tell everybody that you don't agree with it. All right, and you don't have to go see a production of Beetlejuice and get fingered either. Let me just put that on there. I saw that movie. I saw that that show six times. Never once did it make me horny. I love a Lawrence Gobert vaping while seeing Beetlejuice the musical joke to wrap it up. lady behind her. Oh, God bless America. You know God what I mean? God bless America. Yes. Only in this country. Thank you, Casey. And I'll include all your links. Everybody go see her and listen to her fabulous new podcast. Thanks, Rachel. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,